Welcome to the Whole Testament, a podcast putting the Old and New Testaments back together. This is a short mid-series snack. I don't know what I want to call it. The last snack we had, if you go back, it's only on audio. It was a waste of your time. I'm hoping this isn't a waste of your time. This is a snack. um, Basically, what this is, is a few years ago, the church I attend asked me to do uh, basically an explanation of the Passover meal, and they were like, in seven minutes, which is not possible for me to say anything really of value in seven minutes. So I did my very best, and it came out to about 10 minutes. And so this was an event that we had where people were able to come through and kind of do little hands-on experiences of, of the Passover. Um, and so you won't have those opportunities, but I wanted to share it with you because it's a good overview of what the, the Seder meal is all about. And so I hope you enjoy it. Um, it's just to prime the pump as we get into the um, entrees, two entrees this time because there's too much that are coming up down the line. And so actually next week we're going to drop the first entree. So hang out for that and I hope this video is helpful. In the next few minutes, we're going to look at the Last Supper Jesus had with his disciples, or what the Bible calls the Passover meal. And we're going to try to figure out why it's so significant for us. We're going to pick up the story in Luke chapter 22, with the table is already set, very similar to what you see in front of you. The disciples would have been super familiar with this meal. It had been something they'd probably done many times in their lives because it was part of their heritage for the past 1,500 years, ever since uh, Moses had taken the children of Israel out of Egypt um, and delivered them from their bondage. Uh, It was kind of like a 4th of July, only a religious 4th of July, where they celebrated their uh, freedom from slavery. Um, This year, though, for Jesus, it was a little different. Uh, The disciples were unaware that this is Jesus' last Passover, um, but Jesus was very much aware that the cross was coming. In fact, it says in Luke chapter 22, And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus knows that just the very next day, the cross is coming. I can just imagine him sitting there looking around the table at his disciples, wondering, did you guys just hear what I said? I've earnestly desired before I suffer, did anybody hear what I had to say? And you can tell that they didn't because just shortly after this, this in this story, they start to argue over who's the most important in the kingdom of God. Jesus isn't missing it, however. The cross um, is not a surprise to Jesus. He wrote about it way back in the book of Exodus, way back here. And you say, wait a minute, Jesus is in this part. He wasn't back in here. He didn't write about it. But John, when he writes his gospel, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So if God wrote this story and Jesus is God, then Jesus wrote this story. So when he wrote the story of the book of Exodus, it it was him pointing out what was going to happen 1,500 years later. If you learn anything tonight, I want you to understand, Jesus being crucified on Passover 
was not a coincidence. It was his plan from the beginning. Let me show you how. So everything at the Passover table represents something spiritual. The table would have been set. We would have had, uh, like they have some parsley or some kind of a green thing and a bowl of salt water that you would dip. You dip the parsley in the salt water and you eat it and it reminds you of the green, the beauty of being free in the springtime and being set free. Along with this salt is like reminds us of the tears that were shed in slavery. You have some bitter herbs. This is like a horseradish sauce that I have on my on my plate that would just remind you of the bitterness of slavery, but you don't eat it just the bitterness. You mix it with some stuff called set, which is apples and honey and nuts. It's mixed together. And this is like sweet. It kind of reminds us of the mortar in the bricks. And it's like this sweetness that is overpowered shortly after by the bitterness of the horseradish. You would have had matzah on the table um, that, that would have been set here. And one of the pieces during the, during the Passover meal would be broken like this. And it represented like this is our redemption. We were redeemed. And Jesus probably would have taken one and he broke it because he's saying, okay, this is redemption. Um, but it's only partial redemption because yes, we were redeemed by Egypt, but guess what? Jesus with his disciples, they're under the arm of Rome, even as they were sitting there during the last supper. So it reminds us and it reminds the Jewish people for, for 3,500 years now, the broken piece of matzah is that, you know, we were redeemed from bondage in Egypt and one day we will be fully redeemed. So there would be a broken piece of matzah. There would be four cups of juice that would be on the table or wine. Each one of them would represent one of the promises that God gave Israel back in the book of Exodus chapter six. It would say, I will free you from the yoke of the Egyptians. I will deliver you from their bondage. I will redeem you with outstretched arms and mighty acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. And in the center of the plate, which I don't have here, would have been a lamb that they had sacrificed earlier that day at the temple that Jesus would have taken with his disciples. And the lamb would have been at the center of the table that remember, that reminded them way back then, 1500 years ago, their forefathers would took the lamb and they killed it and they took its blood and they wiped it on the doorpost of their house. So that night when the angel of death came through Egypt to kill all the first he would see the blood and he would pass over and move to the next house. It is a spiritual meal filled with all kinds of physical representations of spiritual realities that the children of Israel were commanded to do every year forever. So I can, so I can hear you saying, okay, Dave, so all that's great, but what's that have to do with us right here, right now? Um, so do you, I don't know if you ever have paid attention or have had this happen to you. Um, I know when I was growing up, every time we took communion, um, the pastor would say, do this, do this in remembrance of me, or we'd have the little table at the front and it had it written on the front where they would serve the communion. Do this in remembrance of me. Well, this is Jesus. He was saying, hey, I want you guys to understand something. He's looking at his disciples, right? And he's, he's looking over them. It's his last opportunity to be with them. They're arguing about who's gonna be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And he's thinking, I'm sure he's thinking to himself, you guys, you're missing it. You're missing it. He's saying, hey, 
He's not holding up the little communion thing. He's holding up this cup. He's saying, when you drink this cup, do this in remembrance of me. Do you remember which one this was? Which promise this was? I will free you from the yoke of the Egyptians. I will deliver you from bondage. I will redeem you with outstretched arms and mighty acts of judgment. When Jesus was sitting down with God and they were writing this Exodus promise to Moses way back in Exodus chapter six, Jesus is saying, hey, let's write this in there. I will redeem you with outstretched arms and mighty acts of judgment because Jesus knows this, do this in remembrance of me is because tomorrow when the Romans come and they, they take me and they put, them, put me on the cross, I'm gonna stretch out my arms and in mighty acts of judgment, I am going to redeem you. And he takes this bread. Remember this broken bread that talks about redeem or talks about, yeah, we're redeemed, but not yet complete. He says, this is my body, which will be broken for you to bring about that complete redemption. We're not just talking about free from bondage in Egypt. We're talking about redeemed from sin and death. I will redeem you. He says, do this, do this. This is symbolic of this. Do this in remembrance of me. So Jesus is saying, do these, do this in remembrance of me. And the whole time I can just imagine the disciples, right? And he's just like, are you getting it? Do you get it? Don't miss it. I set this up long ago to point to this very moment. And they are worried about who is the most important. Is that you and me? Jesus is desperately trying to get our attention. He's constantly trying to get us to see the bigger picture that he wrote about. And we, are we worried about the meaningless things? Are we so sidetracked by the meaningless things in our lives that are trying to make us more important or have a, a perfect social media resume that we miss what he's trying to say? He's saying, I, I am going to suffer, not so you can be important, but so that you can be a redeemed soul that is actively fighting for the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to suffer so that you can be salt and light. I'm going to suffer so that you can be set apart. My suffering is going to clear the way for you to be free to fight for the kingdom of heaven. Tonight, we're gonna to ask you to participate in one of these ancient ceremonies. We're gonna give you a piece of matzah, the unleavened bread, and we're gonna put some horseradish on it, and you're gonna love it. And then we're gonna put some of the harrow set on there for you, and we're gonna ask you to eat this. And what you're gonna find is that the first thing you're gonna get is that sweetness of the apples and the honey and the nuts, and it's gonna be sweet in your mouth, which is the redemption that we have, it's sweet. But Jesus is saying, don't miss it. The sweetness, the freedom comes because of the bitterness of the cross. And as that horseradish hits, you will taste that bitterness and know in this season that we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, that it came with a cost, not so that we can miss it and be important, but so that we can be agents fighting for the kingdom of heaven 
in the world around us.